Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. <laughs> listen. Welcome to the show. Mouth draft more. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Mount Draftmore. Listen. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, babies. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to Mount Draftmore. You know what it is. We're back again to draft the best random topic straight from the tip of our tongues so you don't have to waste your time debating the best songs, movies, or in today's case, the best last songs of an album. Yeah, we're sticking with the music because the music hits. It hits your soul. It hits you deep. We've got you covered. All you've got to do is listen and then vote for your favorite team after the draft online, specifically the social medias. So get that done. I'm Ben Jammin, and I'm joined by the regulars, Matt Dillon. And then in the hot seat, we got our main boy, Dustin, back in the house. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is, Dustin. You're qualified. You're qualified to take the mic in the hot seat. How you doing? Feeling hot. Feeling spicy. Feeling hot and spicy. (laughs) So spicy. Okay, well, again, today we're drafting the best last song in an album. So let's get this draft going. We need the dice. Where's the dice? It's in front of me. Damn, that means I got to roll first. Okay. I'll pick a number one. I'll pick a number one. Universe. I I clap. I put my hands together and I ask you, please, not another four. <laughs> no more fours. Okay. It was funny when it happened a second time. You heard that stutter. That was a humble prayer. That and was a shaken. <laughs> the third time, it was a little troubling. The fourth time, we've gone too far with these number fours. Okay. So <laughs> if we could please, anything, anything. Other than a four. <sighs> you okay? Well, Ooh. it is split. It is literally <laughs> split between one, two, and three. <laughs> so can I please re-roll? <laughs> sure. Uh, Fuck you, universe. I hate you. I'm throwing it over to you. No. Twenty-two. <laughs> it's been broken, baby. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I'm rolling for you, Matt. Do you give me? Do you give give consent? Give me the good vibes, baby. Twenty-five. No. Boo. <laughs> I feel like Matt's the one who would take my pick too. Fuck. I'm nervous. I'm gonna roll for myself. Come on, baby. Three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm nervous. I need a good tagline like you, Dylan. I can't do come on, Bessie, but I need something along that energy. (laughs) Uh, Damn. I am in the wraparound. Okay, so wait. Matt had 25. And I had 22. Yep. Then me, then Dylan. God damn! I hope I don't get my song stolen. How many did you have? Thirteen. Thirteen. Dylan had three. Three zero. 
No, I had three. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, that was that was actually stressful. I know. I'm stressed uh, right now. Uh, yeah. Matt's got number one, and he could take any of our picks. He could. Damn it. Round one. Oh, no. Udo. Udo. <clears throat> Matt is a dangerous man right now, potentially yeah. on a war path. I feel like there is a clear number one pick, but I'm, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> this is like one of the most open, <laughs> broad, like all of music. <laughs> There's like, definitely a McDonald's pick. If you don't pick it, you're, you're fucking what? up. <laughs> what? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick one that I think is a pretty like powerful song. And I think I it, it's connected to a previous draft of a pick that I've made mm. in a previous draft mm. non-music related. And that is, I'm going to go with The End by The Doors, which is the conclusion of their album called The Doors. And maybe it's not a traditional, like, 1-1 pick, but, man, this is a narrative of a song. This is one hell of a song. It's 11 minutes long. They just decided, you know what? You've reached the conclusion of the album. You're in for a treat. Dude, I, I totally get that. Love it. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, you're good. The This connects to, this is the opening song for Apocalypse Now. It, it's like, in my mind, this is the song that kind of embodies that, like, war protest era where it's like, you have that kind of, like, that mysticism, the late 60s, early 70s, and it's just, like, it's a haunting song that really, like, caps off an epic album. Like, The Doors by The Doors is an incredible album. Sing it. This is the bottom piece. So you get Jim Morrison's, this is the end. Boom, boom, boom. My beautiful friend, the end of our elaborate plan, the yes. end. And you just get that like, boom, boom, like the occasional couple notes. And it just like, it's, this song is like what I envision, like, like if it, you know, like a weird mismatch of like Pink Floyd mixed with like a little bit of like the Beach Boys that's all like twisted up in a tornado. And this just like, the cherry on top in my mind. It's a let. It's literally eleven minutes thirty five seconds. It's it's a it, you get your bang for your buck and it gets weird real fast. For the last song, I couldn't agree more. Those like long ass ones where it's just like a musical fucking journey. I'm with you, man. That's like when it's at the end of an album, especially, and you're just like, oh dang, they're going in. But do you Plus, say it was called, it's called the, the end? end? It's called literally. It's called the end. You know, the Beatles did that, too. I wonder if they're referencing them. What song did that, uh, or what year did that song come out? Oh, got to look at what year the album comes out. Let me look. While you're looking, yeah, the Beatles did that on Abbey Road, their last album. Pretty much their last song, if it wasn't for a stinking 22-second thing, Her Majesty, that they put at the end, thus taking The End by the Beatles, I would feel off the board. But it is referencing, if it comes afterwards, I would imagine they'd have to know about that. Uh, this is, yeah, this is 1967, so. Oh, dang. Probably in the right era. But, I mean, this album, this album had everything. It had Break On Through to the Other Side, The Crystal Ship, Light My Fire, yes. Alabama Song. Like, and then the, the just, yeah, the pinnacle at the end with the end. That's the other thing about Amazing. the the category is if it's like the great song, but the rest of the album shit, I don't know about that, but yeah, if it's like this 11 minute beast at the end of a great ass album, whoo, 
it's the doors at the peak of their powers. Like this is the doors. Yeah. That's one thing about last songs is they, I, they don't always need to be dynamic. Let's be real. They don't. Sometimes they can be like an acoustic number on yes. top of a really hard like album, but like they need to flip the script a little bit. That's the issue. That's yes. the issue with the last song to be memorable. They need to um, uh, subvert your expectations for the album. And that's that's probably what makes an album memorable in many ways, right? Is when the album is super cohesive and then that last song just like fucking throws you for a loop yes. and it's still good yeah, because it shows what the band can really do it because that is putting the capstone on an album which should be a cohesive body of work right yeah. so yeah great pick thank you <sighs> so torn because two of you are like you have such specific sounds that you listen to I'm like I am going to pick Purple Rain. Ooh. Ooh. Good. Yeah, that is good. I think I have that on vinyl. Dope. I have it on vinyl as well. Double dope. Downstairs. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Man, it's such a good song. It great I feel like great last songs are always longer. They're longer than the songs that were on the rest of the album. Purple Rain is like, the other songs all trend like four minutes. Purple Rain's like nine minutes. This shit goes hard. It's a part of an album where Prince emphasized using full band performances, multiple layers to his music, electronic synthesizers, drum machines. Like he was doing everything and he wrote nearly every track on Purple Rain. Like the dude was an artist. And so the closeout of Purple Rain, not only in like on the album, but then in the movie too. Like it's just iconic. It's powerful. Fuck yeah. Sing. Come on, Matt's yeah, the only one that's give sung us a little so bit. far. Well, give he's the only one who's he's the only one who's gone. Well, so he true. Would be the only one. Well, maybe I want to pull up Matt. <laughs> yeah, Dustin, come on. <laughs> the expectations are high. That pick was picked, and I was just waiting the whole time. I can't wait to sing the one I want to pick. Oh my god! I'm jumping. <laughs> wanted I'm to see. see you laughing in purple rain, purple yes. rain, purple rain. And he yes. says purple rain a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> he says this stuff. I only want to see you bathing in purple rain. Yes. <laughs> you know I need. Thank you actually for making that pick. Well, side note. My advisory, which we were in these advisory competitions, color, one of them is purple. Now I got my soundtrack. Purple rain. Loud ass speakers. Marching in. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. That was great. Yeah. I'll actually send you this video later. I just watched a video on like Prince creating the Minneapolis sound and like those synthesizers you're talking about. Like there was a band that came in. I think it was like Flight Time. And they were also doing like kind of similar stuff in the area. And he didn't have a horn section, so he's just like, fuck it. Like, anything that's usually done by, like, a horn section would be those electric synths. And then, like, a couple other things, like highly overproduced drums, and then, like, this other kind of blending of genres. Ooh, the funk is there, and you're just like, oh, yeah. It's, it's so, so juicy, good. and it hits you on so many levels. Yes. Good pick. Thank you. Dang. Okay, I'm glad. Okay. okay, I feel good that I went with that one. Yeah, yeah, love it. Okay. Yeah, that's a banger. 
Prince is an icon too. I know I mean, he is, and I was just super thinking, I was icon. Like, I was like, I gotta gotta go, gotta go a certain direction with all these picks. And Prince like, had principles too. Can I just say, Ooh. yeah. So, <laughs> dude, he thought about that since the beginning of the pick. He's like, I need to get this in. <laughs> galaxy brain. Bro. Actually, it just rolled off my tongue. Wow. I'm kind of amazed myself, Hot but Daniel, <laughs> dude, like I I gotta respect this. Like, dude saw streaming coming and said. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Nope. Not no. That's not good for the industry. It's actually managed to make the industry money again. But it it stream the thing about streaming is it's bad for the artist. Mm. It's a good marketing tool, but it's bad for the artist. So Prince, a man of principles. Yeah. Damn. He like seriously like made people's <laughs> show enough agreeing. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, off. no, it you're was good. delayed. I hit it in a delay. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I should probably get to my pick. Dang. Okay. Well, you're I'll gonna get, this... get what you wanted because I've seen you over there, like kind of grimacing, like whenever we're about to make pain. You're like, sigh. I was these. sweating. Although when Matt's like, it took about 15 seconds after Matt made his pick to like finally feel at ease again. I was still a heart a thumping. Whew. Okay. Part of it is because I do love the song. Other part, I do love the artist. Third, this artist is way less obscure than a lot of my musical interests, which are safe. Away, I don't think any of you will pick them. So shit. this was the only one that I was like, shit, this person definitely could be picked early. <laughs> it is uh, Kendrick Lamar's Duckworth oh, off of God. Damn, the Pulitzer Prize winning album, which Duckworth is actually Kendrick Lamar's last name. The album constantly, uh, Kendrick Lamar in a lot of his albums always has those little sound bites, which I love. Talk about cohesion in an album and the storytelling. There was this one interview I heard Kendrick say that he felt he was a little bit more gifted as like a storyteller. Like he really felt strong in that regard. And music was like a means of just telling that story. And ooh, those little sound bites sound so good. And the whole album's always like Kung Fu Kitty, Kung Fu Kitty. This is the only one that he like drops that goes to his real name. And then one of the first lines of the verse, his first verse is old Lamar kind of reminding like, the album is telling the story of Kung Fu Kenny. We've kind of stripped that. So like one theory I heard about it was like, it's almost like an afterwards. So like, I just told you this whole story and now you're in, in the novel, you're flipping to the afterward where the author is actually telling you like how it happened, the origin of it. Songs also pretty crazy uh, because it tells the story, a real life story. I'm kind of jumping ahead in my notes um, about Kendrick Lamar's dad and his actual boss, um, top dog. So they grew up. Okay. Now I'm all over my notes. Cause I'm all, I'm giddy. I'm giddy that I got this pick. So pretty much his dad is in LA and his label boss, Anthony top dog, Tiffith. They're both having these stories. His dad's working at this like chicken spot and top dog is supposed to go, rob it with this other group of people I love this song it's so good right and then they like reference in the song that someone had died beforehand like someone had gotten shot there at a similar robbery a year ago and pretty much top dog makes this decision to not kill uh kendrick lamar's dad which kendrick lamar talks about in some other songs where you know growing up around so many people who grew up without their fathers seeing that effect and then reflecting on like the privilege of actually wow, it was so much different for me growing up with a dad. So this is kind of showing you that backstory. So Top Dog goes in and because Kendrick Lamar's dad had always been really nice and given him extra biscuits, extra chicken, all this stuff, he decided, yeah, this dude should be spared. 
And some of the lines are so good with that part. So where it kind of goes from like a simple, just informational telling you everything that happened into a little bit more of like reflecting on the themes of the album and the themes of the song, which now I got to pull that up. Give me one second. Got so many notes. Okay. I am going to sing parts, by the way. I'm not going to rap them. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. My skin is already pale enough. I have no rhythm. <laughs> when we're doing the long high notes, I can kind of just mask that I can't follow a beat, but rapping would expose me for how bad I am. Okay, so after the incident, the lines go, you take two strangers, put them in random predicaments, give them a soul so they can make their own decisions or make their own choices and live with it. 20 years later, them same strangers, you make a meet again inside recording studios where they rep in their benefits. Then you start reminding them about that chicken incident. Whoever thought the greatest rapper would be from coincidence because if Anthony killed Ducky, top dog could be serving life while I grew up without a father and die in a gunfight. Then the song does this trippy ass part that I love. All of a sudden, Kendrick is interrupted by a gunshot. <laughs> And it goes back to this little clip that he plays in the very first song. Kendrick then talked about that. Yes. Like a year after the song, everyone kind of kept thinking like, is this album supposed to be played in reverse? He said, yes, you can play it in reverse. It changes the whole vibe of the thing. So this is the official last track of the song or last track of the album. But if you reverse it, it's the first track. So God, I feel like I need to breathe. I'm like, I, I can tell you're excited. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I feel giddy. I'm just like, ah, it's also probably like, I feel like now I'm in a presentation. This is my TED talk. <laughs> How do you, so wait, it play, you can play the song backwards, but it plays the first song. So you play through the album and it kind of goes through a lot of emotions that Kung Fu Kenny is battling with. So like love, lust, pride, all these different things that he's going through. And then there's the penultimate song. So the one right before the last track is God, which, you know, I love that song. And he kind of starts realizing it's a little bit more of like what's inside him, which makes sense because the beginning of this song kind of like wrapping up that theme is it's always me versus the world until I found it's me versus me. So it's like me versus me, all that shit. It was really just about processing your own emotions. It goes, why, 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 why? And then finally the little soundtrack comes in. Just remember what happens on Earth stays on Earth. We're going to put it in reverse, which then it starts the song. There's three different beats, too, that Ninth Wonder produced for the track that they splice really interesting. Like the mm -hmm. first part of it is in like 6-8 time, has a little bit more of a swing feel. Then they like abruptly switch it to a 4-4 fourth, fourth time, different beat. And then the third one comes in later in the song. And apparently the producer, Ninth Wonder, gave him a bunch of tracks, thought, oh, cool. He took three of them. They're going to be for three different songs. And he sent it later. He's like, no, that was for the same song. So it's switching it up. And that gunshot at the end that literally goes into reverse goes back to the first clip that played. So Kendrick later said, you can play the whole album backwards and it still works for the story. Oh, you mean like you could play like the last song first and play the songs in reverse track, not yes. literally like yeah. run the vinyl backwards. Yep. Which is what makes Damn so good because it's a concept album. Again, Ooh. it's a cohesive whole. It was thought out, put together, and works as a whole. It's beautiful. It yeah. is beautiful. So that first song that it goes back to where now this feels kind of like a cheat, but really... So I was so excited about this as the last song of an album, this powerful fucking story 
that all of a sudden, if you reverse it, it's kind of also fitting as a first song in an album. So if you listen to it, the original track list, it starts off with blood and the lines are, is it wickedness? Is it weakness? You decide, are we going to live or die? So I was taking a walk the other day and I seen a woman, a blind woman pacing up and down the sidewalk. She seemed a bit frustrated as if she had dropped something and having a hard time finding it. So after watching her struggle for a while, I decide to go over and lend a helping hand, you know. Hello, ma'am. Can I be of any assistance? It seems to me that you've lost something. I would like to help you find it. She replied, oh, yes, you have lost something. You've lost your life. And then she shoots him or a gunshot rings out. And then it follows up with that Fox News clip when they actually were mm-hmm. digging in on Kendrick. Is it wickedness? Mm, Lamar stated his views. Lamar stated his views. Lamar stated his views. Lamar said his views on police brutality with that line in the song, quote, and we hate the popo, want to kill us in the street for a show. And then the Fox News anchor, please, I don't like it. That's the end of the first song. So it's like a really, really short one. And if you play it through in the normal order, the last song is like him reflecting on perspective. Like this one decision changed three people's lives. Because if Top Dog killed my father... I would grow up without a dad, without a dad, probably die in a gunfight. Top dog would be in prison, and obviously my dad would be dead. So this one act of kindness kind of redeems the whole story. But if you play it in reverse, it starts off with the origin story of Kendrick Lamar because of that. His dad's act of kindness, he became the greatest rapper by coincidence. But it ends with him getting murdered for his own act of kindness. Kind of a weird, ironic twist, Dude. where he tries to help out this old lady and then gets shot. <laughs> And it's like, oh, my fucking God. And then ends, quite literally, with Fox News disregarding the entire message. I don't like it. And this is right when Trump got elected. Like, this album came out after Trump got elected. And one of the only references, like, he talked about that in interviews of, like, why he didn't really, like, super go political with the album, at least not explicitly. One of the only real references to the election is in Lust, where he talks about just being on this really like personal cycle, like lust keeps going and stopping, going and stopping, going and stopping of like, wake up in the morning, got to get weed, got to find a like, got to find sex, trying to go out, trying to forget my job, all this stuff. And things will keep interrupting the verse. So then he'll kind of restart and then he'll keep going. Like each person's just kind of going on and on and on. And there's only like one little hint of the election at the end, which is like, all this stuff is going around, but we're like drones in our own like kind of personal like zoning out with phones, sex, money, drugs. Like we can't even fathom this disgust right now. Like we just went from Obama to Trump. The whole album is fucking fantastic. And that's the last song that's not only cohesive, but then has this whole storytelling me- method. God damn. So I got so excited. <laughs> damn, it could have been like a halftime segment. <laughs> Damn, I, yeah. Thank you, Matt. I have Sweating. so much more. <laughs> like, I, I love that. That's one of my favorite albums, and I knew it was special, but, like, you just took my appreciation to a different level, Dustin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because I told everyone before this episode, I was sitting on this couch in this room for, like, an hour looking up stuff because I knew a lot of it, but I didn't want to get it wrong, <laughs> which is also why I was stressed in the beginning talking about it because I was like, there's a flow to it. You just randomly like copy pasted stuff. You had an order of what you wanted to say. Now you're jumping ahead. Ah, it's all wrong. 
But yeah, actually, Kendrick did figure out kind of exactly like the song about the story because he had uh, been working with Top Dog for a while and his dad knew that, but his dad didn't know Top Dog by Top Dog. He went by a different name back then. So then he literally went to the studio and was like, oh, shit. And then like Kendrick's confused because these two men are like laughing and instantly telling this story. And he's like, what? Like, what a weird coincidence. The greatest rapper of all time could be from coincidence. I don't know. Kind of crazy. Crazy Absolutely song. nuts. Fuck yeah. Fucking crazy. Damn. <laughs> Dylan, your pick, dude. Is that my, is it my pick or Matt's pick? Oh, wait. No, it's your pick. It's my it, pick. It was Matt and then me. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then Dustin and now you. I'm thinking about last. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, great job. Um, okay, I'm going with a song by uh, the Seminole, legendary Seattle rock group. Legend rockers. I have to do it because this is one of the best... Uh, it's one of the most iconic rock groups ever. They changed rock and roll and perhaps it made it like eclipsed any rock and roller that would come afterwards, at least for now, Nirvana, Nir not only Nirvana, but Nirvana's last song on their very last album in Uturo, uh, the song is called all apologies. Okay. So if you listen to in Uturo, the one, the, there's a couple things, you know, first of all, it's, it, it's not Nevermind. Nevermind is like a pop fest. It's beautiful. It, it does go hard, but it's a pop fest. Inutero is ugly. It is yes. what grunge is defined. And Nirvana wanted it that way. The studio heads were pissed when it came out because they were like, uh, Steve Albini recorded this wrong. Like, he produced it wrong. It sounds bad. Like, the mids sound like trash. And Nirvana was like, no, this is like what we wanted. Right? It sounds perfect. But then you get to the last song on the album. And this last song is it, All Apologies. You might, um, when you listen to it, you might hear a little bit of the Beatles influence. And it starts off with this riff. riff. And then the lyrics. The lyrics are beautiful. They're, heart, they're absolutely heart-wrenching knowing in retrospect that Kurt would take his life uh, like a little while later. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many months later, but not too long after the album drops and the lyrics go, what else should I be? All apologies. What else could I say? Everyone is gay. What else could I write? I don't have the right. What else should I be? All apologies. And then he goes on to say in the sun, in the sun, I feels one. In the sun, in the sun, married, buried. So the song, he had just had Man. his daughter. And the song is about, um, like, it's it's to his wife. He dedicated to his wife and to his daughter. Okay. Um, and and it it's really, it's hard to listen to knowing what happened, knowing his fate, right? Knowing they dedicated it to his wife, his daughter, knowing it, that that's the very last Nirvana song. Um, I don't know. It's hard to listen to, but it's so poppy. It's so good. It's so beautiful, especially after going through the listening experience of Inutura, which is just brutal in the best kind of way. You get to the song and it's like, it's like bittersweet relief, you know? Um, yeah. and it's especially bittersweet, uh, regarding Kurt Cobain and Nirvana's career. So that's my take on all apologies. I love it. Yes. Rep in Seattle. Yeah.
Okay. No one else has anything. <laughs> I, to I say felt like about I cut that. off Matt, so I was like, "Oh no, step away." Matt, did you? Have, I don't. Yeah. No, I, was just, yeah I, I I totally agree. Like, I think that album's phenomenal. When you talk about like heart shaped boxes in that album, like it definitely is much more of like an emotional, like Cobain when writing all that, and I could see the reflection of like him and his family at the time, and yeah, that bass, boom, 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 boom. It's too good. Really mm-hmm. good song. I was actually going to think about, I was going to draft that in the next round. So yeah. Good on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can hear. Attention. The... It is time to read an ad. Oh, Dude, we got to do ad time. I'm being cut off. <laughs> can, like we do with students. Can, can you, can you wrap up your thought concisely? Like in like a sentence or two, you can just hear Kirk's depression in the song. It's, it's beautiful. Okay. Go on. It's beautiful, but he was actually depressed. So it's actually sad. <laughs> it's really sad. Beautifully yeah. tragic. Yeah. Okay. Tension. Okay. We time. get it. There's an ad. We need to do the ad. Okay. Fine. Fine. All right. Ad time. Feel like you've been robbed blind? As if a literal piece of you is missing? Are you longing for that extra flap of fleshy skin before you could put it to use? For decades, foreskin has been broadcast by the medical community as extra skin. Extra skin. No longer! Covenants with God are overrated when you can enjoy sex or personal masturbation from start to completion. Once you use this, your foreskin will turn into a five skin. Your partner will want to give you a high five after oh, that yeah. fine ride. Foreskins, if you don't have one, you're shit out of luck. Blame your parents. Remember to peel back and wash responsibly. Call today. Mount Draftmore. Round two. Round two action. <clears throat> Dylan, you get to go back to back, son. Oh, I'm taking a song. Another iconic rock song. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I I don't know what to say about Weezer. Like, I love the Blue Album. Green Album's okay. I like uh, I, I like Pinkerton a little bit. Um, but Blue Album is amazing. And ends with an amazing song. The bass starts. And it just kind of goes like that for a couple of measures. And then uh, and then you get, I think the drums come in, and then you start to hear some feedback. The feedback comes in. And it's after an album that is absolutely filled with ripping choruses and guitar solos and catchy verses, like Buddy Holly's, Ooh-wee-oo, ooh, I look just like Buddy Holly. Or Say It Ain't So's, Say It Ain't So, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and... Oh yeah, and the ripping <laughs> guitar solos, and then only in dreams comes, and uh, oh my god, when the feedback starts to come in, you're like, holy shit, this band is on another level. Like they really know how to build a song, especially a last song of an album. Like, how can you end an album like that? Um, well, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. They did, they did, and it's <laughs> it's it's amazing. Um, it 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 manages to somehow and the the righteousness that is the blue album um i love only in dreams only in i can't even hit that high note that he hits try it <laughs> only in 
dreams. And then the fucking the fucking uh distorted guitars. And the the wailing guitars in the background. Oh my yes. god. Shit. Ah. Gets me pumped. I'm gonna listen to that on the way home. Fuck yeah. I feel like I'm pushing everyone to sing because we're like getting all this like literary analysis and we're like, these songs that Dude, go fucking 11 minutes Rivers, and are intense. Yes, Rivers <laughs> Cuomo is literally belting that song as high as he can. Yeah. Only in dreams. I can't Fuck even yeah. fucking hit it. It's so good. And uh, I mean, the whole song is really great. Only in dreams. We see what it means. Reach out our hands. Hold on to hers. But when we wake, it's all been erased. And so it seems only in dreams. It really fits with the thematic content of the album especially considering um there there's a lyric that i latch onto in the album where he he's he's talking about like a lot of it's just about like being kind of lonely there's a song in the album about like hanging out in your garage where it's like your safe space you've got your D, you've got your uh uh, uh, pictures of your favorite rock groups, right? Your posters. Um, and then there's, there's a song about like in the lyrics that features him masturbating to like uh, one of his favorite celebrities. Um, <laughs> he, there's a lot of that sort of visual nature. And in, and then in this song, he's like, man, like I, I would love to fall in love with a girl, but, um, you can't resist her. She's in your bones. She's in your marrow and you ride home. You can't avoid her. She's in the air in between molecules of oxygen and carbon dioxide. Like he, he's so infatuated with her that he's actually thinking about the, the elements that make her up. But really it was all a dream. Yeah. So love it. I might listen to all these albums now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it starts off with my name is Jonas. My name is Jonas. Let's <laughs> go. So good. So yes. Good. Midwinter break. Here I come. Album time. <laughs> Do y'all know that album? Blue album. It's great. Yeah, I love Weezer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you were starting to say the songs, because the thing is now, like, it's been so long since I've heard some of them. And then now with streaming, like you said, I mean, it kind of kills it. Like, how many times do I listen to whole albums anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, I try. And especially for my, like, top ones where I'm like, I always think when I'm listening to my top ones, I'm like, damn, this sucks. Because when you mentioned uh, a couple of the songs, I was like, oh, damn, all oh, on one album? Hell yeah. This album's a string of hits. Like, the whole album. Fuck yeah. You see, when we were doing our student teaching at Madison and we were right by that record store, mm-hmm. that was why I started buying records because... Like for that reason, yep. you don't ever listen to full albums. And there mm-hmm. are some albums where you're like, man, that whole thing is great. Yes. I should just buy it. So then when I want to listen to it, I have to listen to all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, yeah. Yeah. I it's actually nice. have records without a record player yet. Just when I go into the next space, cause I need more, more counter space and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah fuck yeah. That's the one mm-hmm. drawback to them. They take up a lot of space. <laughs> they really do. Oh, my God. And they're heavy. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. It's my so, pick, right? Next. Yeah. Okay. Only, only in dreams, right, Dylan? Yeah, by Weezer. All right. I'm going to kind of keep mine to a very similar era, which is funny because I guess the listeners might really realize that 2015 to 2017 was a very important musical time in my life. So I'm going with 20-something by SZA off her album Control, which that album for a bunch of people, not only myself, and that was groundbreaking. That was like 
I mean, I even pulled up this one article and I didn't even decide to quote from it because I was like, shit, they're just talking about what I went through. They're like how important it was for a certain generation, like really young. Um, it's just a raw album that tears down a bunch of different like genres and is doing this like really unique blending. I haven't really heard a sound quite like that album. Like I have searched. It's just been like, God, I'm in a mood for it. And then I'm like, what else do I play though? Cause like no one else sounds like this on this album. So super raw. It's the last song. Um, the album has a lot of these themes. And when I say it's like raw, like there's a lot of this like real, like vulnerable, um, out of like toxic relationships, talking about like different body issues, even with just like within the genre, like with some R and B influence and kind of even with like a little bit of like, vocal delivery style at times kind of feels a little bit more like an MC, like that vulnerability about your body. It just seems so fresh in a way that's like, dang, her analysis is great. So like one song she talks about, um, gosh, I'm gonna have to look up the lyrics, but it was like, uh, lie to me and say my booty getting bigger. Even if it ain't, <laughs> even if it ain't, even if it pains you, I know loving me get difficult. I know loving me be difficult. I know we'd be difficult there's all these different things. And it's like, I know you'd rather be laid up with a big booty. Probably got a positive because she's got a big booty. Like all these different things. And it's just like, ah, this is so fucking raw. So then 20 something comes and it's had like a very distinct sound. And it kind of goes acoustic, softer, definitely that mellow. Like you're at the end of a concert, your alcohol buzz is wearing off or whatever buzz you're on is wearing off. And now you're just totally in the feels. Like you put away the phone. You're not Instagramming, snapping, whatever you're doing. No, get that shit out of there. You're not doing that anymore. So the song is, how you ain't say you was moving forward. Honestly hurts when you're getting older. I got to say I'll miss the way you need me. Yeah. Then later on it goes into 20 something all alone. Still not a thing in my name. Ain't got nothing running from love. Only no fear. That's me. Miss 20 something. Ain't got nothing running from love. Wish you were here stuck in them 20 somethings. And it's like losing friends and just at this like really weird ass part of your life, which I don't know about you, Matt club 94, 27. Mm. It's kind of a weird time. It is a weird time. You ain't in college anymore. You got friends that you don't talk to. You're at a weird stage where you're like, you can't go backwards. You've made your decisions. Someone mm-hmm. talked to me. They're like, what are you going to do over break? I told them, contemplate and regret decisions in my life. <laughs> and they, their face definitely Hot. looked pretty like freaked with, <laughs> I think it was a, I'll tell you later who it was, but it definitely was someone who could not have rolled with that. And I was like, <laughs> but it was kind of true. Right. I mean, it was like, I've picked my career. Sure. People can leave careers, but that shit takes a while. You pick people, you, you know, you've settled, you've done your thing. And with COVID Matt, don't you feel older? Yeah. I feel old as shit now. I feel like I lot like I was going out before COVID. Not anymore. I feel old, bones creaky. Like <laughs> what? Man, I feel good. That's that's good. Man. <laughs> I'm jealous. Well, that gives me something to look forward to. It's not all dark. Well, no, I was I was in like I was getting ready to go in our grad program. Oh, oh no, that's not true. I went in our grad program when I was turning thirty. Yeah. So yeah. that's not even true. When I was 27, I was still doing my 20s. See? Yeah. COVID ruined me. Same. Yeah, I was too. You. But then after this song, I did see this like random. I don't really watch Oprah, but I did see this Oprah interview. And for some reason, it was like right after I listened to this song. And she was like just telling this person who was like 
in a total like introspective freaking out. And they're like, no, that's what your twenties are for. Like quite literally like twenties. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about that decade versus all their decades, sure. You might think about your teens, like, Oh, the teens are always getting all this attention, right? Kind of figuring out who you are, but shit, you're 18. You just left high school. Like you kind of walk into college. It's a bit scary. Or you walk into the next year after your life, but that's 19. That's the last year. You're just starting that journey. That like emotional, what am I doing with my life? Like, and I don't know. I feel like the twenties are one of the most tumultuous decades. Oh, absolutely. And this song just captures that. You see her playing at shows. You look that shit up on YouTube, playing it live. Oh, you can feel the tears coming down those cheeks in the audience. People are just bawling. Like, damn, this hits a chord. And the whole album hits a chord. The whole album is like in my top four albums of all time. It is that good. I'm gonna listen to this. Every song slaps. Yes, it is fantastic. See, I feel like when you're in your 20s, you're a big kid. It's like, yes, yes. It's, yes. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like when you're like zero to 10, you're a child. 11 to, to 20, you're a kid. 21 to like 30, you're a big kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you're in your 30s, I feel like your 30s are when you actually start becoming like the adult that you're going to be moving forward like you're not a mm-hmm. true like grown up until you're 40 yep. mm-hmm. until you have like dad <laughs> arms you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah, yeah baby like there's dad when you yes. look, yeah when you <laughs> yeah. look at a dad yeah, and you see those arms and it's not like mass but it's like ooh it's it's been worn it's, it's experience <laughs> yeah it's it's got the experience it knows yeah. it knows what it's doing yeah i didn't really feel i was actually just talking with allison about this i didn't feel mature like an adult until until I started going back to school at 27 to become a teacher. And then I got into our program around 28 or 29. And, uh, yeah, it was good. And now in my thirties, like I was freaking out in my twenties. I'm not going to lie, like left and right, having a good time, but also Hell freaking yeah. out all the time. Right now. And I was a hothead 32. Here I am. I'm chill. Yeah, man. Right. There you go. I got it. The only thing I would say is a knock against this song and this album pick is I just picked two that I cannot sing. I love singing on these episodes and I tried for the first couple lines and everything on the head was like abort mission. Like she is a singer. Like, and this is a singer kind of song. Like she's going off on her vocals. Damn. Ah, right after I pressured Dylan, I was like, sing it. <laughs> sing that high <laughs> note. Apologies. <laughs> he did much better than me, Dylan. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, me. See, now I feel some kind of way because it's like you wouldn't, you didn't try to do Duckworth. Oh, I know. Well, and I'm like, I'm about to pick a rap song. I'm like, I will rap it. Yes, you listen to a lot more hip hop than I do. Okay, well, I'm going with Nas. And you might it have ain't hard them. to tell. <laughs> so that album is amazing. It's it's iconic. It it kind of helped, like it and another album that I hope I can get the last song to change the dynamic of hip hop. It changed the direction it was going because before, like really before Illmatic, music was about it was like trying to promote yourself and become a star. But the whole premise of this album was to take you into his apartment and to take you into where he lived and to let you like live out the or see the experiences or hear the experiences that he was going through. So the themes of the album are all focused around gang rivalries, uh, like what it's like to live in urban poverty. And it's this idea of like a like gifted writer 
being born in a very like like undernourished environment mm-hmm. right just straight up in poverty like you have a natural gift but you're in like the lowest position to be able to take the advantage of that gift and so like throughout the album it's transitioning through a bunch of different like streams of consciousness and different uh like personalities almost sometimes he's really braggadocious sometimes he's very humble sometimes he's like very introspective he's going all types of different ways in this song it's a little more braggadocious but it's telling you like this is where it's coming from on the street and so I will like it ain't hard to tell I excel then prevail the mic is contact and I attract clientele my mic check is life or death breathing a slimper's breath I excel the yellow smoke of Buddha through night through righteous steps deep like the shining sparkle like a diamond sneak a Uzi on the island in my army jacket lining hit the earth like a comet invasion Nas is like an Afrocentric Asian half man half amazing like and yeah. he just goes so hard you know how he's a good rapper because he rap he rhymed island with linen. He did a half he did a slant yeah. rhyme. Dude, that's how you know Nas is fucking gold. So Look and, at you teacher that slant rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was going a little like quick on the tempo. It would have been smoother, it went a little slower. But anyways, and the album also like changed the way people thought albums could be made. So before this, albums were done by one producer. This album, it was like nope. I'm doing a bunch of different producers. It was like the idea of the best writer and spitter at the time with all of the best producers. We're going to make a mega album. And Label was like, what? Oh my, can we even do that? Is it going to flow? That was the biggest thing. Like all the albums you're talking about, like they flowed. Could that happen with more than one producer on an album? If every song was produced by someone else, would it be cohesive? And Nas's storytelling helped weave all all of the different all of the different things that that producers brought into the fold together dude his lyrics so, are so fucking good dude they're so good <laughs> not stories by Aesop. place your loot up parties i shoot up nas i analyze drop a jewel inhale from the l school fool well you feel like, like braille it ain't hard to tell oh. too good too good <laughs> oh my god not stories by Aesop, dude <laughs> I kick a skill like Shaquille holds a pill. Vocabulary spills. I'm ill plus matic. I freak beats slam it like Iron Sheik. Jam like a tech with correct techniques. So analyze me, surprise me, but don't magnetize me. Scanning while you're planning ways to sabotage me. I leave them froze like Heron in your nose. Nas will rock well, it ain't hard to tell. Shit goes hard. He goes so hard. Had to do it. Had Fuck to pick yeah. it second. Good choice. Good choice. It's an amazing choice. Had to be on there. And the sample for the song is Human Nature by Michael Jackson. That's just like a plus on it. Because that's a beautiful song. Hell yeah. Okay, that's my closing thought on that. Fuck yeah. All right, well, uh, I guess I'm closing out round number two. So what I'm going to choose here is a band that unfairly was compared to the Beatles. And honestly, their styles were similar, but man, they were like a flash in the pan. They blew up because of internal strife. But man, were they good in the moment? And that's going to be Champagne Oasis by uh, Champagne Supernova by Oasis. Oh, that is a hell of a song to conclude. Now it's almost seven and a half minutes. 
this is their first album where everybody's like, holy shit, the Beatles are reincarnated. This is 90s British pop rock. This is the one where Wonderwall, this is the Wonderwall album. And they conclude it with Champagne Supernova, which is arguably even a better song. It's a, it's like, there's nothing but crazy guitar riffs. It's a psychedelic journey in its own right. Liam and Noel Gallagher are on the same page. Like, it, it's a great song that takes you on like that little bit of a trippy journey, kind of like, you know, again, this weird mismatch of like alt rock, psychedelic rock, pop, all combined into a beautiful package. Uh, it's a shame that Oasis, you know, it, they didn't last because the brothers uh, want to kill each other. But damn, was this a damn good album? And for it to conclude with this like symphony of psychedelicness. I mean, it's a damn good song. It could be the it could be the, the best song in the album. It's because I think it's better than Wonderwall. And there's some really good songs on that album. But love me some Oasis. What's the name of the song again? Champagne Supernova Oasis. Oh, yes. Hey, Matt, there's like a documentary, I think, on Netflix. It might be Hulu, but it covers a lot of Oasis if you're interested. Yeah. No, I love me some Oasis. Like I said, they it's a shame that they broke up simply because the brothers were going to kill each other. But... <laughs> They were yeah. damn good. I hope they're closer with, now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what is it with British bands like that? Because I, you know, from an old draft, I like the Kinks. Oh, they yeah. had two brothers that are about to kill each other too. Them Brits making two examples, it. and I make a generalization about an entire country's male population. You got it. You know it. Yeah, and I <laughs> sorry, don't think these guys handled the fame well in terms of like everybody was comparing them to the Beatles, and I think. That made a lot had too much pressure on him to make hits like mm-hmm. Wonderwall over and over and over again. That's mm-hmm. like just do your own thing. Just because they had that Liverpool accent, they sung a little bit like the Beatles, and so they yeah. got compared to the Beatles. There's really no comparison between the their actual songwriting and the Beatles. Someone did exactly what I did. They knew one thing about British people, and they're like the Beatles, yeah, Liverpool, uh huh, the Beatles, yeah, yeah. It's it's because the main singer when he when he stretches his vocal cords and does a bit of a vocal fry, it sounds exactly the way that John Lennon would do his. And, and so that, I think, confused people. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, stylistically, like, the way that they structured the band, it, what there are a lot of similarities there. And I just, yeah, it's a shame that they didn't stick around. Good song, though. Yeah. I have never heard that song. I need to hear this song. Listen to it. It's good. Oh, I must hear. You ought to listen to everyone's song sometime. I feel like we got to listen <laughs> to all the break. albums. Yeah. yeah. Midwinter break. I Hopefully, I'm in Disney World for the uh, trip that I missed due to COVID. I'm going to be in though. St. That's Louis. Good. I hope you're in Disney World. I hope I'm in St. Louis. I hope that we all do the things that we want to do. St. Louis. St. Louis. Got to have some Emo's pizza. <laughs> you got to go see your mounds, the, Co- the Kohika mounds. You got to go see the mounds. Just don't call them a, a pile of dirt again. <laughs> I, hey, you got to go see the dirt. I will back you up. Dirt. I would love to go see that with you. Dude, they're so cool. I was impressed yeah. when you mentioned that. I was like, yeah, but you weren't impressed that it was a first pick. I did agree that it was a suspect first round pick because I think it was going to be safe. But I was impressed because I was like, ooh, that is an obscure pick that I love. That was like, dang, did you take American Indian Studies? Because that shit came up. That's <laughs> important mounds. They're important. Damn right. For some reason, every time I think of St. Louis, though, I don't think you watched Broad City, but there's like a scene where they like walking in. They're both Jewish, by the way. So 
they're like riffing off one another and like one of them's like in this hat like super drunk her like alternate personality she's like super old school she's like oh my favorite jewy this side of st louis (laughs) every time i always think of that okay well let's get into halftime wrap up this half good job everybody And that was halftime. Great job, everybody. Good job. Good job. Good job to you. Are you taking a break, listener? Nah, screw a break. Let's just go to the third round. We don't, unless y'all have something to talk about or a question to ask. No, I'm good. Keep rolling. I think that we're, we've got lots of good content coming out. Yeah, we got lots of song stuff to talk about. So, Dylan, give us a recap. Halftime recap. <laughs> Matt coming in with the the end by the doors and champagne soap supernova by Oasis. Ben with purple rain by Prince and it ain't hard to tell by Nas. Dustin with Duckworth by Kendrick Lamar and twenty something by SZA. Dylan with all apologies by Nirvana and only in dreams by Weezer. Yow. Round <laughs> three. Get into the third round, Matt. It is your pick. All right. Uh, third round pick for this one. I am going to go with a 80s pop rock mainstream act. This is off of their album titled Brothers in Arms. The song's called Brothers in Arms, and that's Dire Straits. So Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. That's the concluding song on the album. It's the same name. Um, this like Dire Straits is, you know, they're, they're a fun, like, 80s, like, in pop rock band. And a lot of their songs are really, like, kind of, like, you know, just make you feel good. It's got, like, a good, like, up-tempo. There's not a whole lot of, like, complexity or anything like that. I mean, like, Money for Nothing, like, they're, they're, it's a good song. Like, it's, this album had Money for Nothing, Walk of Life, you know, a bunch of others that are really good, like, 80s pop rock and then out of nowhere, they just come in and just hit you right in the fields with brothers in arms at the very end, which is a tribute to like dudes who fought in like the Falkland Islands war, like way back. Like, and it's just like a really touching song. Actually, like you could put it on it. It, it makes it like moves you actually. You're like, is this the same like band that was doing money for nothing? Like six songs ago. Is this, are these the same guys? <laughs> and I think like a mark of a good, like, finishing song on an album either makes you feel something makes you think something or completely blows your mind and i think this is one where it, like it makes you feel something i wanted to get something that was more on the i think i've gone from like the door side where it's like it's kind of like thought-provoking and psychedelic and everything to champagne Supernova, which is much more of like a the symphony the finale and now one that's like like gonna sit you back in your chair like wow this song is like heavy heavy it's long um and it's got like a, it's like, it's all based off of narrative, like current events, which I think is really cool. Like they're connecting to their experiences, like as they're recording these songs and becoming famous, but also knowing that like, there are people that they probably know that went off and fought in this conflict and unfortunately didn't make it out. So a uh, real damn good song. It really hits you in the feels. So that's where I'm going. Dude, that's cool. Also, I think it's in the Falkland. That's attached to Argentina, right? Yeah, the Falklands. Dude, I love how Argentina wants the Falklands back, but the people in the Falklands are like, no, let's stay part of the UK. And the British government fought a fucking war over it. It's crazy. And the Argent and they won. And Argentina's still like, we want that back. 
Damn. Great pick. Yeah. Dude, what's with last picks and having all this depth to them? That's amazing. I didn't see this coming, honestly. (laughs) This turned, yeah. I feel like in the beginning I was much more pressuring towards sing, everybody sing. But now this is more our musical analysis podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Not for me because I don't get down like that. I just sing the shit. I tried. You have to give me credit. I tried on both of mine. Yeah. Kind of. Because I did do the little intro sound bit in Duckworth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Which was also kind of weird and hard. Yes. (laughs) Whose pick is it? It's my pick. Ben Jamin. So now I'm going to go the opposite direction Mm. from Nas. Okay. So 90s, I have a like very soft spot in my heart for 90s hip hop. Like as in the West, like the whole West Coast, East Coast battle, like totally fascinates me. But I feel like it's no contest, like depending on what your preference is. Like if you are more on the production side, West Coast might edge out East. But lyrically, the East Coast does it better. They tell better stories. And I feel like 93, 94. 92, 93, 94, big years for hip-hop. Like, my two all-time favorite albums came out on the same day in in November of 1993. Yeah. And so I'm going to pick one of those. Enter the Wu-Tang. Yes! 36 Chambers. And the last song on that album is actually called Seventh (laughs) Chamber Part 2, which is an interesting song because it is also the fourth song on the album. It just has a different beat. Now, see... Nas's album was a big album, also East Coast, also New York, a different borough than where the Wu-Tang's from. The Wu-Tang is on Staten Island. Shaolin land. Shaolin. Yep, that was what they called it. So, while Nas is making Illmatic with a bunch of producers, Wu-Tang does the exact opposite. They have one producer and a bunch of artists. And these guys approached it like a business. They were like, yo... We need to all bring the highest heat that we can. Because if we're cohesive, no one will be able to touch us. Because the biggest problem with most rappers is they're really strong for one verse, and then they kind of taper off. And it's hard to make like long rap songs that are cohesive and sound good all the time. But if you've got seven dudes, each pulling one verse a song, or maybe some songs you got... Three guys, for so you're splitting up the load? Oh, man. And this song hits hard because you get more than half of the crew. And it's really them bringing their A game. And RZA, I mean, obviously the song is, one, impactful because it happens twice on the album. But also RZA had two different beats that fit, fit the song perfectly. So, oh, man. And it's like, which one? Which, now the question is, which <laughs> verse do I try to rap? There's so many of them. All of it. No, dude. <laughs> Champion gear that I rock. You get your boots knocked. Then attack you like a pit that locks shit down. As I come and freaks the sound. Hardcore, but giving you more and more. Like ding. Nah, shorty get you open like six packs. Killer bees attack. Flipping what? Murder one fat tracks, aight? I kick you like a night flight. Word life, I get that ass wall full spite. Man, yes. shit goes so hard. That's, <laughs> that's Raekwon. And then the very end, my... My favorite, Jizza, Jizza the genius. 
My, 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 my clan is thick like plaster. Bust ya, slash ya. Slit a sucker back like a Dutch master killer. Style jumped off and killer, hilla. I was the thriller in the alley of Frasian Manila. I came down with fat tracks that combine and interlock like getting smashed by a cinder block. Kapow, now it's all over. Suckers seeing pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, and green clovers. Suckers seeing lucky charms, son. They're seeing marshmallows. That's <laughs> pink hearts, <laughs> yellow moons, orange stars, and green clovers. Hell yeah. Love it. Come on now. Dude, you don't you don't yes. mess with the Wu-Tang. You don't step to nope. the Wu-Tang killer bees. It's so good. Oh, it's so I, good. I just used cream uh, as an example to teach about capitalism. Tackles everything around me. Dude, we have a we have a freshman at our school who comes across as just like the most nerdy kid. And then today, like he's sitting there in my class doing deadlifts. Takes a break for a second. And I can't remember what song was on, but he asked me something about hip hop. And I was like, Oh, dude, I listen to like mostly old stuff. I don't listen to a lot of new stuff. You wouldn't probably wouldn't know like what I listen to. He's like, Well, what are your favorite albums? So I told him and he was like Oh, dude, I love cream. And I was like, wait, what whole? I was like, mind blown. Wait, you know this song? He was like, dude, I know that album. He's like, my favorite. He's like, my favorite Wu-Tang song. Uh, what do you say? He's like, uh, Shaolin Shadow Boxing. And I was like, okay, okay. Dude, you got to like, tell me you. later who that is. Oh, dude. Mysteries of Chess Boxing. Yeah. Liquid Swords, Jizza. Man, it all goes so hard. Okay. Yep. That's my pick. Seventh Chambers Part oh, 2. Nice job. Enter the Wu-Tang. Dang. Dang, dang, dang. Man, I actually love this question because now I want to listen to all these albums. And now, like, mm-hmm. as everyone's going, I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that route. Man, because I think I only, like, looked up one list, and that was, like, literally five minutes ago because I was just, like, curious. And then I actually saw some of y'all's picks on there. So good job, everybody. All right. My third pick, I'm going to go off of... Donald Glover or Childish Gambino's uh, Awaken My Love album. The last song is Stand Tall. Now that also I'd probably say is in my top five albums. It's so cohesive. It's so good. And it's such a deviation from a lot of his past musical work. Kind of like shocked everyone. If you look up a lot of like his influences, some of the like just funk-tastic, R&B, soul, all his other musical influences, like that alone was like a musical education when I was like looking all that stuff up. I was like, yes, this last song kind of feels a bit different. So the whole album's going through starts off with this song that like has this super long intro kind of like, bum, 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 bum. It's like, like, like these background singers like, and it like kind of sets it up really well. It sounds a lot better than I'm making it sound. And then it gets really like dark and heavy. And like, there's all this like talk about this relationship going on. Kind of one of those things where, unless I had confirmation from Donald Glover, it's hard to tell right over an album sometimes if love interests across songs are like different love interests or like different characters or if they're the same. The way this is written though, it feels so cohesive where it's like this relationship across. So it starts off really heavy and there's these like weird lines in the song almost like kind of a little bit of a consuming kind of like eat you up like want you so bad it actually kind of sounds too like the whole i want you so bad it sounds like the beatles i want you bum 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 i want you so bad bum 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 so it's kind of like playing off that a little bit it feels like dark 
and then it's going through this relationship. There's even a song, The Night uh, Me and Your Mother Met. And that one, ooh. That one, Man, it gets you in a mood. It's so smooth and just that little guitar. And it's got that like kind of high-pitched, like kind of funky. And it's like a couple, just very simple. It's leading you through. So it's clearly like this relationship, right? Mm-hmm. There's some like weird trippy songs on the album that will kind of get into some like weird, like kind of like capitalism kind of things like these like capitalist like zombies, like we're so glad you came, like we're going to eat you up, like all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of these like consumption, like relationships that consume. It's really interesting. And then the last song going back to what you said, Dylan, of like last songs on an album that deviate in a way yet are still kind of cohesive, right? Like it makes sense. The intentionality's there. Mm-hmm. It feels such a breath, breath, breath of fresh air. And it's almost like it's this advice, right? Like it has like parental kind of advice to a kid. So like stand tall and it's like whew, Donald Glover's voice, just so good in that song. And it's still kind of got those like background vocals that are coming in in just this really harmonic way. I'm going to try again. See, I had this third song before I was like, shoot myself in the foot. I really want to sing. But damn, if I could could only sing these songs. But he's like going on these really long things. Um, If you are strong, you cannot fall. And then little background singers, all the music's going on. There is a voice inside us all, so smile when you can, when you can. And it's just like, oh, man, I am, whew. I'm like, being able to type away, even just singing that song, that whole album, it's like a fucking story, concept album, and this last song just feels so at peace, like it's just bringing you at peace. Love that song. Keeps going in, keep your dreams, uh, all this other advice. I mean, it even kind of starts kind of like signaling to the audience that it is parental advice. Um, I feel like a child so young and new in 92. I listen to what my father said, and it goes into that like advice, and you have the background singers going. Um, there is more to me, or there's more to you and me. There's more than you can see. I'm on your side. And there's like this like culmination of this whole story about this like really interesting relationship. And one thing, if only I had connects, because I keep thinking in my head, when I listen to that album, I kind of picture like a, you know, across the universe, that little movie they made Mm -hmm. with the Beatles. Oh, yeah. When they do the I Want You, which obviously that first song off this album reminded me of it. Mm -hmm. In that movie, it's like this really weird, like kind of creepy Uncle Sam, right? And they're in the army recruiting office. Oh, yeah. so good. This whole album, I feel like, could just be like one big theatrical performance set to music. Like, very funky, very weird, like, very eclectic, different, like, characters coming in, dance choreography. Like, if I was either an actual artist or had contacts with actual artists the whole time listening to this, I was like, damn, this could, he could turn this into so much. And he's so creative already. It was like, come on, Childish Gambino. Come on, Donald Glover. I got to listen to that. It's a good album. Have you seen the album cover? No. Woo. Yeah, even that. Like, I mean, not the my top album cover of all time, but just like, this was a vibe. This came out about the same time. I'm telling you, there was like a two-year time span where I was like, there's so much good music coming out. Yeah. If you ever want to listen to the album together. Yes. 
him. Oh, yeah. You know, Donald Glover performed at my college and then came out to the bars afterwards with what? us. Yeah, all of us. <laughs> it was crazy. Yes. It's because we were in a small-ass college town. It was like, I don't know. It was nuts. Dope. That's yeah. dope. What? Like, why haven't you told us that story before? <laughs> it's, it's not that interesting. That's that's the whole story. We that asked him to come life. smoke weed with us, and he's, he he politely declined. Damn. Yeah. But he was out drinking at the bars with everyone, so it's cool. That's cool as hell, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> nice Damn. nice pick. That's crazy. Thank really you. good pick. Um, man. Okay. Fuck. I'm so excited to talk about this. I love this song. This is my favorite song. Oh, I need to take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. So I'm getting a little emotional because this song hit me when I was a teenager and I may, it's possible I lost my uh, virginity to this album. It, there's potential there. Okay. So there's a lot of emotions behind this album. Wait, <laughs> this is nuts. This is literally nuts. he's busting nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel literally, like weak at the knees. Dude. I'm like turning red here. It. This is nuts. So the the album is called Deja Tendu, which means like heard before. Okay. And um it's a very intentional album. It's by the brand my uh favorite band called Brand New. And they they're known for being like emo. Okay. Like during that emo wave, but I'd say they rose above that and and went more into the alternative rock category. So they started out as a pop rock group with their first album, very standard pop rock album. And then Dejan Tendu drops like a, a year or two later. And, and it's nuts because it's a total like deviation from that into the alt rock category, which people labeled it as emo, but it really, and it, it, it is like kind of more basic than like what they would do later. But this was like the, the beginning of them transitioning into adult musicians and exploring like more complex themes than just like dating, right? Like the first, it's really the second song because the first song's like a 20 second like little thing. But the 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 first song is is about this this kid. The narrator lo loses his virginity. And he loses it. Um it's got this sick bass riff on it, by the way. Bump 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 and and he almost like it's almost like a rap over it. It's nuts. Um and it's it's like the anxiety is real and he's he's talking about like losing his virginity to this girl who's not listening to him. He like wants to love her, but she's like she just wants to fuck him. And it's almost like rape. It's scary. It's actually terrifying. Damn. Like as a kid, I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics as much. I was like, this is sexy. He's talking about sex. But like looking <laughs> back on it, I'm like, dude, I think he was raped in that song, which is nuts. Um, and then throughout the album, he this talks. Rape is sexy. Right. Well, well, I mean, I understand. Sometimes as, you misunderstand. You know, as a teenager, what the fuck did I know? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know shit. Um, but there's other album, like other songs on the album about like missing, uh, just missing being, uh, missing home away on tour or his, his like, uh, grandfather, um, dying when he was in on tour, um, just absolutely nuts. And so the, uh, the album goes hard. It goes really hard the whole time with like really hard choruses. Amazing. And then it, the, the second to last song is going hard and fades away and into just like quiet and then you hear a door open and 
the like someone walks into the room, sits on a stool. You hear the stool creaking, and then the voice and the guitar, the acoustic guitar, just comes in after this like wickedly hard album. Um, and the song is called "Play Crack the Sky." Sorry for the long setup, but it, the song is all about a ship that goes down at sea off the coast of Long Island, off the coast of Montauk Bay. Um, and so it begins. We sent out an SOS call. It was a quarter past four in the morning when the storm broke our second anchor line. Four months at sea, four months of calm seas to be pounded in the shallows off the tip of Montauk Point. And then, and then the chorus is really unconventional in that it's not the same. It's two different choruses. The hole in the hull defied the crew's attempts to bail us out and flooded the engines and radios half buried bow. And so it's all about this crew going out in, with really great lyrics, very descriptive, and just fucking dying out there. <laughs> like, Damn. that's it. It's so brutal. I know. <laughs> and, and like, it's symbolic though, because it's the whole album revolves around really tumultuous events happening in this person's life. And so this album is is a final piece as an acoustic song to a, a like a mostly alternative rock album that that goes really hard. Um, and it's symbolic using in an, an, a ship going down for ultimately potentially this person like succumbing to to the, themselves, right? Um, so and there's there's really no hope. Like the end of the song um transitions it transitions into something a bit different this story is old but it goes on and on until we disappear calm me and let me taste the salt you breathed while you were underneath i'm the one who haunts your dreams of mountains sunk below the sea i spoke the words but never gave a word to what they all could mean i know that this is a funeral that keeps us apart you know that you're not alone i need you like water in my lungs i need you like water in my lungs like this is not a happy person right and i think that's why like sometimes the lyrics get a little bit dark like that so people are like "Ooh, emo but really it's like this person's just honestly fucking sad and it was a it's a really somber and and quite touching end to an album and uh this is one of my favorite songs to play on the, the acoustic guitar honestly it's really good yeah Thanks. play crack the sky by brand new very cool i haven't heard it but you you've done a good job selling it yeah dude that was a good pitch like outside of your 90 seconds you made that because it's an it seems like an obscure pick that most people wouldn't know so it's a good pick because you were able to like so eloquently put together the picture yeah. that we all need to see when we listen to it. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Great job. <laughs> Have you ever had a bird shit on you when you're outside and just wiped it off with a dry paper towel without properly washing and cleaning yourself first? Probably not. Why keep spreading fecal matter over your sensitive posterior? Instead of spending money on toilet paper in a meager attempt at keeping yourself hygienic, treat your brown starfish right and buy a bidet. That's right. A bidet will keep your behind fresh and clean and won't leave any irritation on your Donald rump. You'll even impress your loved ones. So next time you're online or at a superstore, do your rosebud a favor and pick up a bidet. Stay clean, stay fresh, stay sexy. 
Mount Draftmore. Our favorite. That's right, everyone's favorite, Mount Draftmore. Welcome back, fourth round. Let's get into this jam, wrap up this draft. Round four. Dylan, you get to wrap with your last pick, son. Man, I'm looking at <clears throat> like six different songs that I kind of want to pick. I'm Isn't like, it crazy? I don't know which right. one to go with. I honestly don't. Um, oh, man. I think... Can it, hmm? oh, well... What were you going to say? You and Dustin have gone really heavy into like the narrative of a full album and how that last song wraps that narrative. Mm -hmm. And if that's your theme, dope. But in your six picks, is there a, is there a song that's just like, okay, this album's great. And it's not about like the theme of the album. Just like this last song smacks like, holy smokes. It goes so hard. Kind of. Yeah. 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 I guess I could go I could go that route. I'm not no, I'm not trying to influence you to go that route. I'm saying like do you have any of those in your picks? <clears throat> yes. I have one that has like a live concert attached to it. So mm -hmm. there's like that nostalgia to that memory and it being like the last song they played at the concert. Oh, that's cool. But I don't think I could sing it. You'd have to play it. Like you'd have to play the end. If there's like horn section, it would be too much. But it's dope. I'll show it to you later. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Sorry. No, you're good. I like, man, I, I guess I'm torn. I'm torn between two amazing songs. One, Jungle Land by Bruce Springsteen. It's an amazing song. The other, Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Nice. And I think I'm going to go, like, I love Jungle Land. It's an amazing song. But I know that as many Bruce Springsteen fans as there are out there, only the hardcore ones probably like Jungle Land. It is an amazing song. You have to listen to it. It's at the end of an amazing album, right? And it goes, it's so long. It if that fits, is not your pick, do not keep going on it, about it. It, <laughs> it. it fits the category, but I've got to go with Voodoo Child because this is one of my favorite songs ever. Voodoo Child, and I don't need to explain it that much because everyone fucking knows what it is. It's by Jimi Hendrix and it ends Electric Ladyland. Fuck yeah. Um, Dude, Jimmy and that fucking wah pedal. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm a voodoo child, voodoo child. Lord knows I'm a voodoo child. Yeah, like, oh my God, he's so good. Fuck yeah, you went for that. God Love damn. Hell yeah, man. Shit. Yeah, oh. so good. So good. Oh, man. And Jimmy's so bold. His voice, like people say it's not good. I think it's beautiful. It's not conventionally good. Mm, it's good. But it's fucking iconic. Right? You know when you hear Jimmy. Ooh. And, and that deep, like, rich amber quality to his voice, too. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. Oh, and his guitar work. Like, he speaks through the guitar. And yes. talk about someone. We've talked about Jimmy before. You know, mm -hmm. I, I forget what pot, which podcast it was on, but like 60s musicians, there, I drafted him. Yeah, there you go. You got to draft him. Well, now's my turn. Dude <laughs> changed uh, hashtag 60s musicians. Okay, go listen to it. But dude changed, listen to it. Dude changed the way that you play rock and roll. That's it. Like once he came out, Eric Clapton was fucking jealous. George Harrison was fucking jealous. Like especially after watching uh, the get back sessions. But like. Man, like, yeah, 
you, you like there's I I would hesitate I I would not hesitate to call him one of the best rock musicians ever. Period. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's not a bold take whatsoever. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's, he's amazing. So Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Child, slight return, end of Electric Lady Land. There it is. Matt, that was the harshest way to agree with someone. <laughs> Hey, you know, you, you can't undersell Hendrix, man. You can't. You can't. That's really yeah. funny the way you said that. Yeah, it was though. just the way. Yeah. It's like, yep, that's not bold at all. What you just said that was a base-ass <laughs> statement, Dylan. Well, so, some... Dude, I've met people who are like, Jimi Hendrix is overrated. He's messy. They're stupid. Yeah. They're like, dumb. Yeah. Dude, it's his, it's his fucking style, man. Shut the fuck up. There's a lot of times, actually, with songs that are, like, way too heavy on guitar, that sometimes it's just like, eh, kind of, like, losing its, like richness distinctness like the layers the clarity like he, he sang through that guitar like you said he's just like talking about guitar players whoo like changing it changing it for all time good pick good 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 pick that means it's your pick for the last pick i'm also like dylan i'm gonna go a little bit more of the conventional route because i feel like the album will speak a little bit more for itself there's another band that i like that's out right now japanese breakfast their third album oh, is pretty good. So good they're so good okay i got one person fuck it i'm gonna go japanese they're so breakfast. good they're yeah. so good okay song i'm gonna do is third album uh jubilee their last song is posing for cars it's my favorite we talked about the different kind of things that make good last songs. This one's like seven-ish minutes or something. It's longer than the others. It's got a badass like guitar solo that fits the song, too. It's not... Maybe when you hear guitar solo, it's not going to just be like some Metallica or anything like that. It's it's this really beautiful song. The artist themselves uh, has been doing a lot. A lot, lot, lot. Like sold a book. They have three albums. Um, I think they're doing a couple other things, too. This album... I'd say is their best so far. Uh, it's called Jubilee. It starts off with this song. Like the other thing I like about last songs for albums is if the last song and the first song almost as if bookends really are like the two biggest grandest songs on the album. Like when there's like two that, that connect in some sort of way, like obviously I like that with Duckworth. This song kind of is like that. It starts off with this like really over the top. Apparently it was like this anime that they were influenced in where the main character is kind of like uh, wakes up from this dream and all this kind of like reality is, is just super surreal and like different things are happening that couldn't ever happen in real life. So the first song is Paprika, which is I think the name of the actual movie. Um, and it's like, <laughs> when I say over the top, there's just like so many instruments on stage and it's like very almost like carnival, like super loud, happy, joyful, this, and the whole song is like, uh, coming out of lucidity slowly, kind of gaining consciousness, and this like kind of touching back into being an, a famous artist. So it's kind of interesting on that fame thing, like when you when we talked about uh, Oasis, right? And fame, unfortunately, kind of ruining mm -hmm. some people. I mean, Amy Winehouse is another example, right? Famous where tragic, tragic. Sometimes fame ain't good. So here in the very opening song, they're touching in on all this stuff, I'm famous, and then I felt nothing. And then a second part of the chorus, she tries again. She, like, restarts, and then it's, like, 
feeling that rush again of like, wow, like people are connecting with me about my music, making eye contact, lingering on my every word, allowing me to play music for a living. Like what? This is amazing. And then through some of her past work, her mom died and she had an interesting relationship with her mom. Uh, she's half Korean, the singer, her mom was Korean. So she also kind of lost that connection to her ancestry. So a lot of her work is about that, like really raw, like, grief that she went through and on the second album there's even a song talking about how much her husband really got her through right and it's a really touching song like and so this song that starts off about joy bam second song is this like really kind of poppy really fun hit that's like lively so it's like a one-two punch a lot of energy and then they said in an interview that they like to wind you down at the end so it's this like huge seven minute song that starts off with this beautiful like acoustic guitar and just about like the meaning of that loving relationship that's gotten them through that whole career and brought them to this moment of Jubilee. And like some lines that are just like, Oh man, like if only you could see how much I need you, how barren I can be like this feeling of loneliness, all this kind of stuff. And then it goes into, and they said, I wanted the guitar to say everything I just said in those verses about the beauty of this loving relationship and everything that could mean just through the guitar. So speaking through the guitar, they're like, I wanted the guitar solo to do that again. And it goes super long, and it's like that grand crescendo of a song. So by the end of it, you're just like, this has to be the end. Like, this is the end. You know, you're listening to that album, and it goes on for, right, eight minutes, something, and you're just like, holy shit, they're still going. <laughs> this has to be the end. I, I do it all the time in movies, right, where you're yeah. like, that's it. That's the last scene. Lord it's of the got, Rings. It's got to be the last thing. Wow. Yeah. This is fucking epic. So a little, I'm glad you reacted because I wasn't going to go with it because I was like, no one's probably listening to them. They're great. Yeah, I love them. It's not going to be like the biggest mainstream pick, but hey, they are kind of up and coming though. I just they see are. some articles. Absolutely. So. But I like the title of the song, Posing yeah. for Cars. Yes. Another song on the album that also is so good. A lot more like, a lot more like sexy than other stuff that they've done. Like, like a little moody or sexy like dirty kind of grimy sexy but in that kind of way <laughs> yeah it's a vibe it is like a type of sexy that she's going for in that posing for bondage and ooh, man it's a good album it's definitely a good album so i kind of like that play right with the song titles too that intentionality it's the second posing song yeah posing for cars hell yeah holy Chuck. shit the build on this song is crazy what do you mean build like the way this song builds oh, from you're the listening beginning to it. is yes. crazy. Yes. Oh, you can Whoa, see it's the so good. audio Fuck frequency? Yeah. No, I can hear it. Oh, you none of us. <laughs> like, I can hear it. Like, <laughs> like holy what? smokes, it, it's going. That's yeah, so it's cool. Building. And it's just, it just feels beautiful. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Fuck yeah. I'm glad you listened to it. That's a good pick. <laughs> Thank you. Well, because I was like, that's a good. I as I was really thinking, I was entranced with the title of the song. Mm. So I was like, oh, that sounds like a sexy song. Yeah. Because like the imagery that I think of for posing for cars is always with really like stunning women. Yep. Right? Yep, yep, And yep. so I like the tone of the song going into it, I had way different expectations. Yeah. And so the fact that it is like as beautiful as one of the women who would be posing for a car and not being like a hype song for that shot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it totally flips the <laughs> script. I love that you're bringing that up because the first 
verse woke from a dream in which you'd left me posing for cars on the American stoop. And it's like a total role reversal too. Wait, is she so waking woke from a dream in which you'd left me? Yeah. The husband left posing for cars, not the hot, sexy lady. Like, yeah, yeah man, I'm glad that. Thank you for listening to it. That's actually <laughs> on a little side note for this episode. I was the one who like thought of the idea or at least I think maybe Marjorie and I talked about it. Not like I'm not saying not trying to get credit for being like a genius or anything, but <laughs> I started talking about it. <laughs> I know I was like, this sounds pretty egocentric of me. Oh uh, no. But, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it but was the my story, idea. The story. Okay. <laughs> Essentially. Cause I, you know, the viewers don't know. So I just wanted to set up the story is when I was listening to this song, Cause I like listening throughout the, the album a couple times in the week. And then Margie and I were talking and I was like, Hey, this is, this is one of my favorites off the album. And she's like, Oh, dude, what, which one is this again? I'm like, it's the last song. Like, and when we first heard it too, we kind of had the same moment of like, this has to be the last song. So that's when I was like, what are the best last songs of an album? So yeah. kind of fitting. I went the less mainstream track. I was going to go with the Beatles song, but I'm we've talked about the Beatles enough. We have. I do love the song, but you know, uh, dude, going you totally with it. just like, ah, damn it. You don't want to go mainstream, and I'm torn between like three, and like one of them is so mainstream, I'm amazed that it hasn't been taken. Yeah. Ooh, I'm and curious. I like if I don't take it, there's a really good chance Matt could take it, but then I could see Matt passing on it, and then I would think, oh my God, are we a credible podcast if this is a pick? <laughs> oh, I think I know what you're talking take it, about. Just take it. Yeah. Take it. Take it. <sighs> you sold take us on it. taking it begrudgingly. I'm going to take Freebird by Leonard Skinner. Oh shit! Yep. I didn't think that's what you were going to take. Freebird is <laughs> well. What I wanted to take was when the levee breaks, but that's not. That doesn't hit like Freebird hits, especially culturally. This song was adopted by the culture. Like it's mm. been everywhere. It's been done yeah. in everything. Play <laughs> like, Freebird. Freebird. Exactly. Like. Every Confederate flag is blasting that song too loud. Freebird! Oh my fucking god! Everyone knows it. Like how much? Like what can I say about it? It was in Forrest Gump. Iconic scenes in Forrest Gump. It's at the end of Happy Gilmore. Like it, it has the great build. It has man. It rocks out in the end. Fuck yeah. Just got like a five-minute guitar solo. <laughs> Dude, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No offense, Led long. Zeppelin. Yeah. Freebird goes hard. <laughs> Freebird goes so hard. If I leave here tomorrow, would you still remember me? For I'm... Wait... For I must be traveling on now. Because there's too many places I've got to see. Man, did not hit that no good. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about the beginning, though. It's all about the end when it builds. It's talking about flying free. You be free. Unchained. Here we go. Oh, flying free bird. Yeah. And then, Dylan, you should do the guitar because you can actually vocalize how guitars sound. I can't. My wife makes fun of me. How's the guitar go? (laughs) I've never noticed. Try it. (laughs) 
I you even do the good, like, I'm watching your hands, and I'm like, damn, yeah, Dylan no should air guitar, because yeah. he actually knows how to play guitar. <laughs> Whereas my air guitar is just like, move my hands up and down and do my fingers like I'm doing something. Sounds are going lower as you're going closer. <laughs> no, I know that closer is higher. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time, though, without a doubt. Which yeah. Probably one of the more difficult ones to learn, too, I'd imagine. Because it's so damn long. Yeah, yeah, Guitar Boy, what do you think over there? Is I, it hard or is it just hard because it's long? I'm a bad person to ask because I am not a good soloist. I'm not good at learning guitar solos. I don't have the patience for it. I think, and it doesn't come naturally to me, so it frustrates me. Um, sure. I, I think it's probably difficult i'd have to listen to it can we bring it up is it too much to add? like do you think we've gone too long bring it up, baby. have we gone too long bring it listeners up. have we gone too long they're like we've never gone too long <laughs> dude the song is nine minutes long god damn Holy. and it goes on for four more minutes four yep. minutes and five more seconds Fuck yeah. okay here's my critical analysis of that as a guitar player it's it's not that it's necessarily that part, at least technically difficult. It's nailing those bends, the frequency that they happen at like their precise moment in time. On when the you say board. the bends, is that the like, like bending the note, bending the note, like you're pulling the string, you're oh, pushing shit. it, you're, oh. you're pushing it. I know what dude, that's your called hands, now. Man, dude, you have smaller hands than me. <gasps> I do. You got to teach me how to play guitar because I've always thought I couldn't play because I had, I didn't think I had big enough hands. Oh, no, you can play. But, yeah, it's, it's and I imagine I heard some other parts in there, like some hammer-ons and hammer-offs. It seems like oh, bro, there's a lot. Later on, it gets fucking crazy. It's like, <laughs> like doing just some crazy-ass shit. Like, I imagine so someone just, like, almost licking their guitar. Like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the difficult part, because it's five minutes long, would be breaking it. You'd have to break it up into, like, chunks. Probably, like, 30-second chunks to memorize it. And mm -hmm. that would be the difficult part. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you just need a lot of patience for that. One of our students who's doing guitar lessons for their internship should, uh, learn a song this difficult so that it's actually worth their time. There you go. So, <laughs> that's critical commentary. Let's go. Yes. Okay. Matt, you can go, dude. Last pick. Well, you are correct. I would have picked that with the very last pick. Damn. You knew. Mr. Franchise. Yeah. I was like, that's the, yep. that's the franchise pick. Yep. And I was hoping to sneak it and cap it off with the last pick last round. But, it's okay. I agree. It needed to get picked because it is the, one of the quintessential ending songs. So with that, then I'm going to just go with one that I enjoy and I have a lot of fun with and probably like one of my top five albums of all time. Not that it's, it's not thought provoking. It's not emotional. It's not serious at all. It doesn't tell any much, any kind of narrative. It's just a good old fashioned fun. Listen, and that is off of the license to ill album by the beastie boys. The very last track is time to get, ill because i love me some beastie boys this is just unadulterated fun like you don't need to think anything when you listen to the beastie boys they're just there to have a good time and they cap off a phenomenal album with time to get ill the, the album's title is licensed to get it licensed to ill so then they're finally at the very end they're like all right 
it's time to get ill. You've gotten the license. We've gone through no sleep till book till Brooklyn fight for your right. Paul Revere, brass monkey, slow and low, slow and low. Hold it now. Hit it. This album has hits on hits on hits on hits on hits. And then they close it out with time to get ill, which is all about what time is it? Time to get ill. No, hold up. What time is it? Time to get ill. So, you know, for the fourth round, I just want to do a little bit of, you know, something that I actually really do enjoy. Uh, yeah. Of course, what time, what's the time? It's time to get ill. And what's the time? It's time to get ill. So what's the time? It's time to get ill. Now, what's the time? It's time to get ill. So there you go. <laughs> Damn, it's it's time to get ill, I guess. Time, time to, get to get ill. Ill. Love it. I like it. Beastie boys. Time to get ill. Yo, we started with the end. We ended with Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I was hoping that we would end with the beginning since we started with the end, but that's okay. We didn't get there. That's fine. Dang. We started and ended <laughs> with two amazing songs and sandwiched in between our amazing songs. Woo woo. Mm-hmm. Good job, everybody. Wow. We fully endorse this playlist. <laughs> Put it together, but listen to the full album so you yeah. can get the whole scope yeah. of what we're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> damn, that was a good draft. Make, 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 make their case. Be logical and clear. Got to be logical and clear. How would y'all feel if in the future there was like just ever so slightly, so quiet music that plays during the beat? But it slowly builds. I love it to the end, mm-hmm. and then like in those last three seconds, it's just getting like fucking loud. And you're <laughs> like, oh my god, I gotta wrap this up. Like catchphrase. I love it. Yes, yeah. let's Can do you it. Think hey, under wrap pressure, it up, man. Wrap it up. Yes. Wrap wrap that shit up, B. Wrap that shit up. Better wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> Who's going first? Not me. Thank you, God. Yes. <laughs> Dylan, you got to go first. All right, let's do it. I'm case? ready. All right, I had All Apologies by Nirvana, Only in Dreams by Weezer, Play Crack the Sky by Brand New, and Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I have quite the eclectic mix. Let's start with Nirvana's All Apologies, ending on the brutal uh, In Utero album, Nirvana's last album. Um, Absolutely amazing song. Poppy, uh, especially considering the material before it. Only in Dreams by Weezer. Holy shit, what a hit factory that album is. Not only, even though not every song was a single, every song could be a single. And then Only in Dreams happens, and it's like, this song just builds and builds and builds until it can't build anymore. And it just like splooges all over the place. Play Crack the Sky by Brand New does the exact opposite. It uh, takes, uh, it, it pars down all the hard material that came before it into... I would say the best song on the album and, 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 and takes it from straight, like really good lyrics talking about something very obvious to something quite symbolic in a broken down acoustic format. Very, very, uh, beautiful and heartfelt. Um, and then voodoo child by Jimi Hendrix last song on electric Ladyland. Um, what can I say? That riff is iconic. The, the soloing is iconic. The lyrics are iconic. Um, Jimi Hendrix is iconic. Uh, so I couldn't possibly not pick him. Um, I, I think this is a great draft list, and uh, I'd vote for me, so you should too. <laughs> the 
reasoning is sound. <laughs> I don't know what made me laugh. But, but you I heard like... it from a man himself. <laughs> yeah, I vote for me. You should too. <laughs> we should all use that line at the end just so that he's not the only one that says it. <laughs> I don't know if I can do without laughing. I don't know why that made me laugh. It's so good. Okay. What exact like what 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 you word for word, what do you say? <laughs> I'd vote for I'd me. Vote for me. I'd so vote you me should too. too. I'd vote for me, so you should too. <laughs> God damn you, you guys. Ready to make your case? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I start off with Duckworth. His song is so good and the album is so good. I was nervous as hell just talking about it. There's so much I wanted to say. I felt like I was sweating and nervous and presenting in a really, really terrible, like one of the off TED Talks, like the little small version TED Talks where they're not prepared. It's so good. It is on Kendrick Lamar's best album, in my opinion, uh, critically acclaimed. You can play that shit backwards, starting with Duckworth, and it totally changes up the story. It's really cohesive. It's powerful. It's a true story, too. It's some interesting music history in there. Uh, I then followed that up with SZA's Control album, 20-somethings, In the Feels, so going a little bit of a tonal shift. So good. That album is just a raw, vulnerable, really distinct sound, and it caps off just like you're at that concert. Like I said, when I was picking the pick, you can just see it. People crying in the audience like, oh, this magical experience is ending. And hopefully my tumultuous 20-somethings end soon, too, in a good way. Then I followed up with Donald Glover's Awaken My Love, Stand Tall, another really beautiful album. I went heavy on the albums where each one of them really liked the stories that they were telling throughout and thought that the end of the albums were critical to their ending. And then Japanese Breakfast. Woo woo. <laughs> you I'd vote for me. <laughs> you should too. Doesn't count. Didn't count. That's we gotta put a hashtag <laughs> behind that. We gotta put a hashtag behind that. <laughs> just like now, I don't know. I'm picturing you running for political office too. Just like let's put that on t-shirts. Shaking someone's hand, kind of with that like weird politician, like upright. Oh, <laughs> God bless America. I'd vote for me. That was, that was you like some president too. Loki shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My turn to make my case. Here we go. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, I brought you the picks. Purple Rain by Prince. It Ain't Hard to Tell by Nas. The Seventh Chamber Part 2 and Freebird. I tried to give you a little bit of variation here in our sounds. We got some really big, very like voluminous sound coming from Prince with Purple Rain. Big build, iconic. Man, it fits with the movie, too. Completes a whole story. Let's go. Come on. Everyone knows Purple Rain. And then with my second and third pick, I tried to bring you like the, what the development of rap or hip-hop was turning into in the East Coast in the early 90s. One album that features one amazing writer with a ton of producers, and the other with one producer and a ton of amazing artists. Cohesive albums that tell you intricate, complicated stories of what life is actually like in poverty 
in the hood and what that struggle is actually like. Trying to move away from becoming a star and showing you what it's actually like to be in a hard environment. And then finally, I capped you off with the ultimate end song, Freebird. If you look at all of these lists, nothing against any of the songs my colleagues picked, but Freebird is like a finished song and it finishes my list of four. So, I mean, yes, I'd vote for me. <laughs> you should too. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> nah, see, that's how you do that shit. See, I oh, love that Dylan had no clue that it was going to be such a, like, comical moment. Just like Matt with his ice cream. He had no clue that <laughs> Neapolitan <laughs> ice cream would be so great. contentious. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> God damn that ice cream. Or the Grinch. <laughs> Yeah, or the goddamn. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, but during this Christmas, I met someone who was like, "Oh, that was a good first pick." Thank and you. And it's someone Dude. who works in film. Whoa. Yeah. So it instantly changed my perspective Dude. and I was like, "Fuck." Well, legitimately, all my kids love that movie. They don't talk about the old one. They're like, "I tried to watch the old one." No, they want the Jim Carrey Put one. Put your fucking hands down, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Make your case. <laughs> All right, my friends, to recap here, I've got The End by The Doors. I got Champagne Supernova by Oasis, Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits, and Time to Get Ill by The Beastie Boys. Starting in reverse, Time to Get Ill off of License to Ill by The Beastie Boys. This isn't going to make you feel anything in particular. You're not going to go through a range of emotions. It's not going to tell you a narrative. It's not going to be a big crescendo on an album. It's just going to be a great natural conclusion to an already stellar album that just makes you laugh and have a good time, which is the beat Sea Boys in a nutshell. And I think that's also a part of what makes a good complete ending song. Uh, Brothers in Arms, Dark Streets, this is the opposite effect, where at the same time where you want something that just kind of flows naturally, you also want things that are emotional and make you feel things and actually have a bigger meaning, bigger story. That's Brothers in Arms, Dark Streets, connecting to what was going on with the Falklands, being part of a UK band. They want to connect with modern current events for their time. Uh, phenomenal, like really moving song that uh, it stirs a lot of emotions, make you feel things. Champagne Supernova Oasis. Again, this was dubbed the Beatles part two. And these guys, the debut album had Wonderwall. They took Wonderwall and they kicked it out of the, the damn window with Champagne Supernova. This is a psychedelic trip and it just, it goes everywhere. It's long. It's like seven, eight minutes. It's, it's everything. It's a great nineties pop rock song right as alt, alt rock was kind of coming into its own. And then the end, the doors, I mean, you talk about an, an iconic album and then they just bring you into a whole new stratosphere with 11 minutes of music. Bro. As- <laughs> God damn. I was like, okay, I'll let him go like three or four yeah. seconds over. But then it was like, okay, okay. Did you not hear it beep? No. I was oh. going to say something, too, oh. and I did the same thing until I gave Ben a commish. Come Sorry. on, commissioner. Sorry, dude. Like, you ran, you ran like, good over time. It was like six, <laughs> six seven seconds, yeah. That's good over time. Well, oh I didn't get God. to do the, I vote for me, so you should, too. So Two so, for four. Two only for, two. Hey, yeah. I mean, timing's my thing. <laughs> next time. Yeah, you got to give me, like, a, a hand signal or something for the next one. That's, that. okay. I'll, I'll own that one. My bad. Yeah. So I'll let you count that. That makes sense. Vote for me yeah. if you would too. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. All right, y'all. Well, you hear that music, so you know what it is. We're done with the draft. We've completed the draft. 
So get the fuck out of here. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for this draft. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to fit us in. It's amazing to us that you take time out of your schedule to listen to us while we do our hobby. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much. If you like the show, give us a share anywhere, social media, with people you know. The number one thing you can do for the show is share it. Then, vote. That's right, vote. Go to the social media feeds and vote for the team that you, or the person who you thought had the best team of four. As always, you can find us on those social medias. Facebook at Mount Draftmore. Twitter at Draftmore. Yeah, and Instagram, search Mount Draftmore. You can also shoot us fan emails to mountdraftmore at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about the show or previous drafts, stories about sharing with others or conducting your own drafts, because this is a conversation starter. You can take all these topics and share them with your friends. See what list you come up with. Uh, we love your support. We love your time. Thank you so much. When we get your emails, we will read them. Just send them. As always, thanks again for listening. We'll see you here next week. Until then, take care. Peace.